Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today we have Miss Monique Young, and she's a educational consultant and out of Kansas City. She focuses on building data-driven social emotional teams. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you feeling? Um, I'm still a little hot from outside, but I'm all right. <laughs> right. We talking about it's the heat index right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we inside. We I told my son, nope, we're not doing nothing today, buddy. We inside. So whatever we're doing is indoors. Exactly. All right. Before we get into our conversation today, today's episode is sponsored by Christian DeWine. That is my personal brand. It is a clothing brand that has T-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts for your mama, your auntie, the baby, your cousin, your daddy, whoever is for everybody. We got sizes for everybody. You're slim, you're medium, you're big, you're big, big, whatever the case you may be. We got it. You use the promo code Underdog Talk. We got 15% off for you. And Underdog is spelled U-N-D-E-R-D-A-W-G. And use the promo code and you get 15% off at Christian Dewan. Dewan is spelled D-E-J-U-A-N.com. And let's get right on into today's conversation. So hmm, let's see. Give us a little of your like educational background so people can know and then we'll get into the conversation okay so um i actually got my bachelor's in child and family development from university of central missouri um, and i also have a master's in school counseling from k-state and basically from there i went straight into being a professional school counselor mm-hmm Oh right, I know some counselors, some uh, school counselors. I I know I I, I should have needed a counselor when I was in school. I don't know why they <laughs> didn't set that up for, for me. Uh, so you being a counselor, and you get to see the ins and outs of kind of everything. You get to see the administration part. You get to see the teachers part. You get to see the students and the parents. Right. So what were some of the challenges? that you've seen um, with parents and children uh, that maybe could have affected education, uh, academics for children? I think one of the main things, and I was mainly in elementary as a school counselor. So one of the main things that I saw at the elementary level was just the kind of, I think some parents brought their students into school having expectations for their student or their child to behave a certain way, you know, at home, and then they get to school and the expectation is a little bit different. And then that causes conflict, like, okay, well, we do that at home or, you know, oh, this is how we always do it. Like, for example, I had a student that um, he kept getting in trouble in the classroom because he was he was very animated, first of all. He's that student that you come into the classroom. He's like, hey, Miss Young. Hey, Mr. Jones. Like, he's like that. But, you know, with his whole classroom, um, I think they were, like, watching a, a little video on YouTube or something like that. And he is, like, giving commentary. Like, he shout now. He laughing out loud. And she just found that to be disruptive, you know. Um, but I had to talk to her, and I was like, this is probably something that's regular for him at home. Because mind you, he was also a first grader. So that means that he didn't have the whole regular school experience. He started school during COVID. So <laughs> like he doesn't know what, you know, is acceptable for school. But, you know, in her telling the parent that the parent kind of offended, like, well, what do you mean? Like, can he not talk to friends? You know what I mean? Like, so it's different cultural expectations um, between what you do at school and how you behave at school or, you know, what is expected for you at school and then what you can do at home. But that was one thing that came up a lot, especially when you're dealing with maybe a teaching staff that doesn't have the same cultural background as a lot of the students that attend your school as well. 
Yes, that's definitely important. I think no matter what culture you're raised in, you need to try to reach the other cultures, just especially if you're an educator. So uh, that's funny because my son at home, he's Chucky. At school, they'd be like, oh, we love him. We can't wait. To- what? Who, who are you talking about here? Like, what, what kid are you talking about? Like, that's, that's definitely not my son. And it's funny because, like, no matter where he goes in public, He's an he knows what to do. Cause I told him when he was in preschool, I said, listen, if you ever act up at school, I'm going to come to school and act up wherever you was acting up. And he was like, oh, okay. And one time he got out of line. I so happened to be off. His mom was like, yeah, the teacher called. I so I go up to the school and he walking down. I see him walking. He like, he see me, he like, I'm like, yeah, let me holler at you. I didn't whoop him, didn't do nothing. I just said, if I come up here again, it's no talking. Mm-hmm. I ain't had to come up there again. And that was like kindergarten. He going into third grade. So I definitely um, understand being an educator, especially in elementary school. Like the parents will come in and y'all rah-rah. And you wonder why little man man rah-rah. Uh, well, mm, uh, sir, uh, ma'am. Uh, right, they had to get it from somewhere, and like I said, I think that's kind of the difference between you know elementary and high school. I think somebody was asking about that on Facebook earlier, like what's the difference between elementary and high school? And I was like, well, high school, you're dealing with most of your interactions with the actual student. When you have a challenge or something that's going on with a student in elementary, you got to get the parent involved. And like I said, hopefully, it's a situation where that parent is open to hearing what's going on because, you know, the kid will get to school and like like you said, it's a totally different person. I mean, they're around their friends and so they're not used to that, you know, being at home or maybe they're at home and they're only around cousins and stuff like that. So in that transition of going to school and having, like I said, different things that they're supposed to be doing, like you don't have to sit down at a desk at home for hours. Like, that doesn't really happen. So, you know, you get different behaviors and it's just like, that's where you hear that saying, well, my child don't act like that at home. Well, yeah, they ain't got the same expectations at home either. So, I mean, it's a, it's a different story. Yeah. I, I wish it uh Mine was, uh, he don't act like that at home. I, can you act like you act at school at home, sir? Like at any point, but, uh, I definitely, uh, understand that like with high school, cause I have a, um, a senior, about to be a senior and it's different when you're talking to high schoolers because you can talk to them you can explain common sense and they'd be like yeah you're right i did mess up i, I should have done that elementary kid they might or they playing like they have no idea what you're talking about i didn't do that why you say i did that like come on now i saw you i saw you so they will they will try to play We'll try to play. We'll try to play you, and then that's where some parents are naive. Oh, my child would. Your child would what? You got to rip. I think for parents that's listening are gonna listen. Well, yeah, that's gonna listen because it's not live yet. But that's gonna uh, listen to this. Don't be naive. Your kid is a kid. Just think about what they get exposed to, what they see on a daily, what is on the internet and stuff. So you can't just be like, oh, my child wouldn't do that. If somebody called me, unless my child just really deliberately harmed somebody and it makes sense, I'm like, yeah, he did it. But he did it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the parents, uh, I think it's, as they get older, they understand their child more. But like at the elementary level, it's like they just naive. Like, you know, you don't. So they never done that at home. Oh, OK, sure. So with that background and you are being a counselor and you talk about social emotional uh, learning. So, how, what like triggered you to like, all right, get into this a little bit more and maybe like take it to the next level of outside of just being a school counselor? Mm. So, um, like I said, I had did some years as an elementary school counselor, and it was kind of actually a number of things that kind of transitioned me outside of the school building. And uh, one of those things was that um, very quickly, and I don't know if this is maybe just my personality or whatever it is, but I was like called to leadership roles a lot, Um, whether it was from my principal or through um, my supervisor, my coordinator for school counseling. Like I was called to leadership quite a bit. 
And I was just kind of like, okay, so at this point, I have teaching staff that's coming to me. I have other staff members in the building. I have other school counselors that are coming to me, either like asking for help with something or needing assistance. Like basically like I'm giving them like training or whatever it is, like informally. And I'm just like, okay, I can do something with this because it got to a point, I want to say my third or fourth year of counseling where I was like, I'm spending 60% of my time training the adults rather than counseling with students. And I felt like it was necessary because it was like, okay, well, if the teacher doesn't know how to facilitate the morning meeting or if they don't know how to facilitate a, a calm conversation with the kid, then whatever strategy I'm trying to teach them is not even going to, you know, work because the adult, the other party has to be involved with what's going on. They have to know and have these tools when I'm not in the room. So I was just like, you know what, instead of me focusing on the students so much, I'm going to focus on helping those who work with students because there's still such a big gap between, I feel like when I listen to educators talk a lot, like still in schools, you'll hear a lot of conversations are directed towards instructional, instructional, instructional. But now since COVID has hit, now people are like, oh, we got to take care of the social emotional and their well-being. And like that's been there for years, but now it's pushed to the forefront. But there's still a lack of training opportunities around that. I was one of the people that was providing like a lot of the training to the staff. So, I mean, if I wasn't there, who else was going to be providing the training? They would have had to like... Um, I don't want to say bye, but they would have had to have somebody come out and train the staff or have the staff go out to a conference or something like that just for them to get training on like social emotional strategies, restorative practices, things of that nature. And I mean, yeah, it, it's just a lot where it was just like, I'm focusing more on adults than I am kids. Let me let me run that back a little bit. <laughs> That that's that's dope that you understood that and you took like the role and you was like, I'm a role with it. Cause sometimes at jobs and different things, it don't necessarily have to be school. You get a position and it's because people see that you have that in you. You might not see it yet, but they'll see it and then it's like you some people don't go after that role and then they under they like, oh well, I've been at this job for X amount and I well, you missed that opportunity on year two. They was trying to hand you this position and they didn't. But like you said, with the social and emotional, it's been around. It's, I remember like in, in, in school with me, especially having a, um, a disability and being bullied and all that. I ain't gonna, nobody count. No, no counselor. No. Hey, are you all right? None of that. It was just I'm either going to have to figure out how to jump back or something. Like it wasn't none of that talking to me. So now me being in the school system, it, it definitely, it makes sense because you have, especially, I don't know about high, well, I know high school because I go speak at the schools, but just being in the elementary, kids got, I, I cuss on here, they got fucked up situations <laughs> because their parents is jacked up. Yeah. They, like, you got, like, I've had kids come to school, they wear uniforms, how your uniform dirty? How you dirty and you wear a uniform? Mm -hmm. And then we expect them to come to school and learn or they only eat when they come to school. So we expect them to come to school and learn. They hungry, stomach growling, and like it, it just sucks that that happens. And then, some, like you said, you had to get on the, the, the teacher sometimes because Caucasians, white people, they, not, they don't understand. Our struggle is a little different, but some, you know, have the same struggle. And when you don't understand little man, man hungry and he don't want to learn, then you'll be like, all right. I got, hey, come on, I got a couple snacks for you. I know that just from being a teacher and I know I can see, okay, he eat a lot. He always asks for seconds. I'm going to make sure we got seconds for him because he might not be able to eat at, you know, at home. So when you started, um, that's my phone. Uh, when you started, uh, you know, doing that, working with the adults, what was like the next steps? Was it like, all right, I'm going to just stay at the school or I'm going to go get some more training and see what I can do on my own with this? Well, I had to think about when I was switching over to consulting, 
um, what do I want to focus on as far as like what is going to be the problem that I'm solving in my business or what is going to be the service that I'm providing? And like I said, throughout my experience as being a school counselor, like there was a transition where when I first came in, I was kind of like the only social emotional support. We had a social worker, but he was split between our school and I want to say two other schools. So he might have been at our school building maybe once a week. So like I said, I felt like most of it kind of fell upon me. And then that next year they did get me another social worker, but it was just like, okay, you know, working with this person, I was like, look, we got a lot of things that we need to do to move this school social emotionally. And through the conversations that we had of like, okay, this is where we at. This is like what we do in our roles. We kind of formed our, our little duo, our little team. And from that, we were able to advocate for a behavior interventionist role. Um, we got another social worker. So like we were able to do way more things. By that time, we are a larger team now. So we got our administration on board. We had a communities and schools coordinator, which if you don't have those in your state, is basically a family liaison. Our social worker, our behavior interventionist, myself, and we created what we call now the social emotional team. So informing this team and like tackling like student challenges and things of that nature, we were able to cut down our discipline by 53% in one school year. And I'm just like, this is phenomenal. Like other schools should be doing this. Like, I know I'm not the only, you know, counselor that's working by themselves. Because like I said, before that, it was like, okay, you know, you have PD and stuff that's going on, or you have PLC time, and they're just like, okay, get with your get with your team. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm by myself, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. But then when you switch and you have a team and you're able to tackle like your school's challenges together and kind of be like the people in the forefront for hey we need to have something going on for bullying because we're seeing an increase in this and you're having people that is helping you not only implement this program but also to push the language forward with the other staff with the other students like it's way more powerful and so like i said when i switched over to consulting i was like this is what i need to do because this is what I was already doing as my work as a school counselor. And I know that my district, my former district was moving that way. But my principal, he had a talk with me. We were at a training and there was a speaker there. He said, you know, he said, these people, they get flown out to come and talk and they make like tens of thousands of dollars. And I said, what? I said, really? Just for one? And he was like, yeah, like they do. He was like, I mean, he said, I'm trying to be on that. And I said, look, I'm trying to be on that too. <laughs> so that's what I said seriously when I was just like, okay, I need to figure out like how to do that. And like I said, through a, a journey and series, I was able to to figure out and, and find some tools for that. Yeah, when I when when I heard what they pay for professional development. And I didn't been to some. I'm like, you get paid that? You're boring. I'm, I'm in your sleep. Like, you're boring. Like, oh, my goodness. Or when you had to do, like, the big, like, the district one at the beginning of the school year. This is what I didn't understand. And I'm not getting off topic. We're talking about professional development. They had a white dude talking about racism. Huh? <laughs> what? And I was like, and I wrote in the comments. I'm like, hey, like, what's going on here? Like, this is not... This, like, you're giving us research, sir. Like, what? And I know when you find that out, but I like, I don't want to go in place, but I like what you said at the beginning. I, you had to figure out what it exactly was. Because sometimes we start stuff. It's like, okay, I'm doing this. Let me go do it over here. And it's like, nah, you, you need a team. You need to know exactly what's going to help your school. You can't just be like, oh, well, last year I did, um, you know, working with kids for a month and this will happen. No, you got to have real data when you're working in the school. And uh, kudos to you. I can't wait till I get the little board with the clapping and all that. When you <laughs> say that y'all behavior went down or changed 53%. by 53%, that's yeah. amazing. In one that school is year. In one school year. Listen, yeah. if you don't work in schools, but if you know about school, that is major. Because these kids, 
if some of these kids bad as hell, I ain't even gonna lie to you. And that's why I was like, it it totally shifted the culture, the climate. Like district people would come in and they're like, it's quiet. Like <laughs> kids are learning. They're in classrooms, like yeah, like, you know, we knew it was something that we had to get under control, but we also had to change our mindsets, too, because we had did all of the reactive things like, oh, we're going to do Saturday school or you're going to have an out of school suspension, an in school suspension. But that stuff wasn't working. And it wasn't until we actually transitioned to um, we signed on to become a trauma sensitive school that we had trauma training, not only for our support staff, but for our teachers, too. And so we were able to change that question to like, okay, not what did that student do, but what happened to that student? And how can I support that student so that we could be more preventative versus reactive? That's the major key. That data and all that is going to help you be preventative to these student challenges. Like I could probably look at a school's data right now and tell them like, okay, you probably need to put a, a, a practice right here. You need to put um, some type of implementation or intervention right here because this is going to be an issue for you. You know, like it's it's all in the data. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that when you like, so for me, as being a speaker, you got to come in with, I got to come in with data. I can't be like, well, I'm just a really good speaker. This is what I'm talking about. Who, who have you changed? Who have you helped? What have you helped the school's grades go up? Have you helped behavior change, whatever? Because you got to have that data to show that. And that's that's awesome that you said you could. Well, by looking at what y'all got going on, y'all need to do this, this, this and that. And I love that you said you got a team. He was like, all right. They, they said, all right, go hire somebody. Oh, yeah, because y'all got me here by myself. and want me to do magical work, but it ain't going to happen. So when you got your team and like you just said, it's about mindset. You can have a team. But if your team doesn't have that same goal, you're not going to be a successful team. And I think with with educators and people, you have to get to the mindset of the kid. That's where, like, you got to, like you said, you can't be like, oh, well, little, little such and such, or she did this. And it's like, why did she do it? What happened? Or in, or say say it's a new teacher. She, oh, this student over here. Uh oh, let me holler at you. Yeah, her her home life a little. So if her behavior off, it's because it is. So don't really go off the behavior. We gotta sit down and talk to her or whatever the case may be, rather than, oh, well, she did this, you're you're out of here. You know, when you just said in school suspension, I, I hated that. I, I I I definitely was a part of that ministry. Um, and I hated it. And I wish I wish we had what the kids now have where somebody could talk or see why, why are you doing this? Why are you clowning? Why are you doing that? So you said you got your team, you know, your boss said, Hey, they, they, they pay good money doing the, you know, the professional development. Did you go right into it or did you, you know, stay at the school or did you go into your um, consulting? No, it actually took some time because uh, I'm a type person, like I'm spontaneous a little bit, but I do like to have a plan or at least an outline of what I'm about to do. We ain't got to have the specifics down, but let's at least have an outline. So um, matter of fact, I think COVID kind of helped me pro like progress forward with that because, you know, you have all this kind of additional time at home. And I remember Clubhouse was something that kind of like popped up. And I was in like school counseling groups and this person kept talking about like, hey, you can use the skills that you have and uh, create a consulting business based off of the skills that you have. And I was like, OK, she keeps talking about this. Let me listen to what she's talking about. Let me let me get my paper like I would be on Clubhouse with like a notepad and paper like, OK, what's she talking about? And like I said, she happened to be an education consultant herself and she basically helps other education consultants you know, get your business off the ground. And she, I mean, it's a whole nine month program where you're learning the steps of like building a consulting program from the ground. So, I mean, that's, so that's, she's my mentor and she's my coach. And I like make sure that I'm following what she says, you know, because she's really helped me a lot with a lot of the business aspect. I had the educational knowledge, but going into ed consulting, it's a lot of business. Definitely. And one thing I'm sitting here listening, you don't got to be a teacher. You don't have to be in the actual building to help students. Like right. you just said, you're an educational consultant. 
And what, like, yeah, business is totally different because I speak and I've been speaking since 2016, but now it's like, I'm understanding it's a business. You got to do this, 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 set it up this way. You just can't be like, hey, well, I speak and I got a really cool story and I just want to come into your school. And I'm like, oh, well, it's okay. crazy though because my coach, she will talk about how white people will do that and they are more likely to get something just saying that sentence that you just said, like, hey, I have a really cool story versus somebody of color. Um, you know, having maybe the same exact story, but we have to work a little bit harder to show people that it's a real business and it's a real, you know, service that you're providing. Yeah, I give an example. Um, it was when uh, I think it was like second or third year speaking. I get an opportunity to speak at a camp, uh, like a football camp. I go up there, I kill it. Kids, oh yeah, the parents, yeah. Dude from the Colts, because in, in, here in Indianapolis, this, the Colts is the team. I don't remember if he was retired or he was still on the team. He comes in and he's talking, but he's not. He's doing the, oh, well, I started like this and I went here and, you know, and they like, and he said something. They was like, hold on, he was just talking about that. We don't really want to hear what you got to say because we like what he said. And it's because, oh, he's on the Colts. Oh, we got a coach. The, you know the 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 minute it wasn't uh, the camp people. Oh, we got the coach player. We just got this guy Eric Jones here. He knew. You know, we just gonna help him out because they knew me or whatever. But it was like my message was more powerful and more impactful because I remember people. Hey man, you don't remember me, but I was I was there when you was at the uh, football thing and you was speaking. Man, that was some good stuff. I'm like, oh man, that was, that's been a minute. And it's just like you said. Sometimes it, it don't work out for us. I. Before um, for my next question, it's a guy, black guy. This is how I know it's jacked up in the world where what you just said. I'm speaking at the detention detention center. He wearing a suit and all this. He talking about gangs, all this stuff, right, from research. He ain't been in the gang. He ain't done nothing gang related, but he doing research. And he's sitting there <laughs> talking to me. And he's like, yeah, man, you got to wear a suit and you got to do this, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, my mentor is under Eric Thomas, and both of them don't wear suits, and they make a lot of money, and they're speaking everywhere. Oh, okay, buddy. And I was just like, why does like that mindset of being white? No, you got to be yourself. And I'm sure you, uh, being a consultant, you had to be yourself. So when you started, um, did you already did you use the team that you had, or did you get a new team? Oh, see, that's a really good question. So. Going into consulting, and I actually do start to see in some education consultant spaces where there are people who have teams. However, this is kind of a venture I took alone, um, just because, like I said, it's something that if you're going to do it as a team, and especially business, like everybody has to be on the exact same page. And nobody else was really looking to leave uh, the school building at that point. Like, especially my social workers, they had just came from like, um, the community mental health region, and then they had gotten into the school, and the school was like their first school environment, so they weren't really looking to leave that, so I knew that this was something I was going to at least start individually, so like I said, I'm doing this by myself, but I put such a focus on having teams, like having your teams together and this, that, and the third. And then also when we talk about teams and traveling too, like, I mean, just think about your friends when you just like, Hey, we going to Mexico. <laughs> and then all the people start dropping off the group chat. <laughs> like, So it's just easier to move as a solo person. Although I do miss having a team. I still talk to these people like every single day, but you know, I'm not, I'm no longer in that school building space, I knew that particularly for me, trying to still be a school counselor, it was going to limit the people that I would be able to work with. Like if I'm a school counselor, I'm only working with one school. However, I was seeing that there was a need and there was, um, you know, services that needed to be brought out to other places, other states and other you know, like I've gone out to conferences and things like that and talked to people. And they're like, hey, we want this. And we so I mean, it's not something that I felt like was feasible for me to stay in my role as a school counselor and do at the same time. Understand. And that that's like life. And like you said, you got your friends, you want to go on a trip. But just thinking like depending on you just started. So you'll eventually have a team. But mm -hmm. right now. 
excuse me, you're the only one that has that passion. Like, hey, I'm about to get up out of here. I'll holler at y'all. Wait a minute. I just got hired last year. I can't leave. I ain't nothing. And when you get into that field, then you'll get the people that have that passion. So I definitely understand what the team thing, because I do everything on my own. And it's like, okay, I can't wait to get a team. You got to do the marketing. You got to do the scheduling. You got to do it all. Everything. And then, and then don't be a parent. Oh, yeah, you got to do that, too. And not, and my son doesn't live with me full time, but just still, like, when he comes over, I might have, you know, a recording. I'm like, hey, bro, I got a recording. Um, But when I get done, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. So it's right. definitely challenging doing it by yourself. So I, I and I love what you said earlier. You got a mentor. You got a coach. You got somebody that can help. Somebody that has ran the play and saying, here you go. This is the play. All you got to do is run this play and you'll be successful. And sometimes we don't run the play. I definitely have been in coaching. I definitely have been around people and didn't run the play. And you look and you like, man, they, they doing it big. And it's like, ain't, ain't nobody fought that I'm not there but mine. But you ran the play. And that's kind of probably how your team probably was like, well, I don't know. I don't you, Okay, I see the playbook, but I am no, uh, I ain't trying but to do that. But you know what? They they already was doing their own things too. Like you know, some of them either had nonprofits or had other businesses that were going on on the side, and so I was just kind of like, all right, everybody doing their side hustle thing. Let me, you know, let me figure this out because, like I said, it really was driven by passion and really wanted to work with a lot more schools and I was just kind of like I can't I can't do that here you know I can't do that in my role I love being a school counselor now don't get it twisted I done saved all my stuff just in case I gotta go back at some point but I'm just like I wanna I wanna work with adults and I really I found a love for doing that I had no idea going in as a school counselor my very first year my principal he asked me to like spontaneously he asked me to come up there and give a PD, like to the teacher, like right then and there in that moment. And I was like, whoa. And I told him afterwards, I said, don't put me on a spot like that, like ever again. So <laughs> after that, you know, he planned those out. He was just like, hey, next week I got this and da da da. But like, I absolutely love getting in front of like a crowd of people and educating them and like helping them. Like, it's just a passion that just popped up and I, I wasn't expecting it whatsoever. You did it scared because you like, hold on, what? Right, right now? Um, I don't even got no notes. I don't got a, a PowerPoint. <laughs> said, hold on now, because I need uh, some notes or something. <laughs> but that sometimes we don't do stuff scared and we miss the opportunity. You did it and you was like, okay, this is cool. Just let me know ahead of time. And then that really what was preparing you doing those PDs at your own school. And sometimes in your arena, your area, whatever it is, you have to, you do whatever you're going to do there. And you don't realize it sometimes for me. I graduated with a 1.7. I ain't got nobody degrees. I ain't got nothing school related. And I'm in the school and I'm like, God, why, what, what, what is this? What, what, I know I need a job, but what is this? Like, why am I here? I want to go speak and do and do the podcast, but it's like, Oh, I need to learn some of the stuff that I don't know. And like the social and emotional. Like, so I'm I just finished up preschool. Um, and you talk about social and emotional. These little jokes, okay, what in the world is going on? But then just asking questions or why did this happen or whatever the case may be and understanding some kids, you know, they actually got something they dealing with some kids, they just whiny and just realizing that it's like, Oh, I get it. Or just understanding education, um, academic resilience. Like when I was in school, I didn't give it. I didn't care about no grades. As long as I passed, as long as it said D I'm better, I was good. But now it's like, Oh, I do remember having challenges because my grandfather died. And my grade, I was taking night school and regular school. And it's like, now I can go in here and help kids because, oh, they're going through stuff. Right. And sometimes we don't understand that. Now, when I go into schools, I got I'm, I got a whole weaponry. Like, what's good, kids? Like, whatever y'all got, I'm coming with it. And that's kind of the same thing for you because you were, they were, okay, I, we need you um, two times out the month. Come on in and do the professional development. And now you're doing the consulting. So, 
Um, what are, because I don't want to miss the social and emotional, because those that are listening, I'm sure you got some information, but I ain't going to take all, I ain't going to get all your info. You can't throw all of it because I'm sure you got, they got to pay you. But what are some things that you, what are at least like two or three things that you like kind of help adults with to understand social and emotional learning or just social and emotional better? Mm. One is to have patience <laughs> because we react to things so quickly and we take things personal. That's one of the first things that we learned a part of our like trauma informed training was not to take behavior personal because um, you're just like, OK, you know, especially if you're a teacher or something like that, like, why is this child doing this? Like, I'm just trying to teach my lesson. I'm, you know, I'm nice to them. I'm trying to listen to them. And they're just calling me a dummy or they spitting in my face or, you know, whatever it is. But it's just kind of like they have so many other things that's going on that you cannot take this personal. So don't take it personal. Be patient. And one of the main things that you just said is listen. Like, it really takes a listening ear to understand what's going on. And it's even more challenging with, you know, younger kids because older kids, as you said, they can talk and have a conversation with you and they can start to do some of that processing. But for younger kids, sometimes they'll do something and they don't know why they did it. You know, so why isn't a really good question for them? Sometimes you have to either listen to them or observe them, like just watching them. Like I always tell my husband, I said, people work in patterns. You know, so when you start to pick up on the patterns of a student that has behavior challenges, you can start to predict what they're going to do or you start to predict what are their triggers. So be patient. Uh, what was the second thing I said? I said to be. Look, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> I, I know you were saying I was listening. You said listen was the, the last one. It was like listen and don't take it personal. Oh, don't take it personal. Yeah, don't, don't take it personal. Right. Yeah, y'all, y'all know the song. Don't take it personal. <laughs> and that definitely, like, that's one thing that I think I had to understand. It ain't personal. It ain't nothing. But actually, listen, what you just, I really forgot because what you said, I'm sitting here listening, like the patterns, because I'm thinking of certain students is like, because, you know, you you know, after a while, you know, your students, they get yeah. to cutting up. Hey, go sit down. Ain't nothing even wrong. You just go sit down. You doing, you didn't hit her. You didn't went over here and mess with the go sit down. That's just going. And, and some kids, it's the kid that might not get in trouble. And then they didn't got it. To, oh. Yeah, somebody did. Something happened here. Let's what what happened? Let me ask you because you don't get in trouble too much. Let me ask you and then go ask the other one because you know their patterns. And I was just that was making me think of like the kids and stuff because that's so true. And people don't. I don't. I think teachers do. Um, I think good parents do. Like I know my son. I know like it's kids that pick like it's some little. I think the little girls like them. And they don't know how to express that they like them because every morning they mess with them. And today I'm like, hey, listen, I'm like, yeah, we done. Like, so from here on out, son, be yourself. Roast them if you need to, because they keep messing with you. Like, and it's like, I know him. I know I'm looking at his face. I'm like, something wrong. Somebody mm -hmm. did something. He, you know, he, we just got here. We just, you know, and just understanding those patterns and having patience is patience. You got to have patience with kids anyways. But mm -hmm. when you're an educator, your patience level got to be up here. You can't. Yeah, listen, because kids will test you. They will right. test your gangster. They will make you forget that you at school. They will make you. They Listen, I will go in dad mode real quick. No, don't do it. And so those are things that help. So what for parents, I and you don't have to give a, a X amount of numbers, but what are some things parents can do? Because I think that uh being an educator, sometimes the parents ain't on the educator and the parent ain't on the same thing because right. the parent don't want to be or whatever the case or it could be you know just communication. But what are some things parents can do? Because that's that's the most important thing at home. Starting mm -hmm. at home and then you can maybe a you know, talk to the teacher and tell them, 
hey, when such and such happened, he act this way. So what are some things parents can do or that they need to know? I think one of the main things is that they know that their support staff at their building and even the teachers as well, but they aren't the enemy. You know, just because they're calling you about your student or they're saying that something's going on is because they're concerned. And it's not because they're trying to make a personal attack on you, your parenting styles or the way that you're upbringing your children. Like, it's just kind of like, hey, we got a challenge that's going on here. Let's figure this out. Because some of my best meetings I've had where we've had like aha moments is because the parent attended and they're just like, oh, yeah, well, to help them with this math, we use blocks at home. Oh, well, no wonder this child is like tearing up paper, trying to create their own blocks or whatever. But you would never know that if that parent input wasn't there. So, like I said, just know that your support staff, they're trying to help you and they're not the enemy. You know, I know sometimes we get personal when it comes to our children because it does feel like an attack on your your parenting hood or your your parenting style. But it, we're really just trying to be there to help and support. To support your student definitely because as an educator and i know i need to talk to a parent i'm like and i don't even know how i'm going to approach them because i don't want them to feel no uh-huh. kind of way <laughs> and i don't want them to talk to me no kind of way because you know a little kid i can be cool a parent gets talking what, what's going on what you know let's let's keep it cordial but that communication with the parent and the educator is very important because like you said you know, you got a little man and he's struggling and he's trying to build the blocks. And you, No, stop doing that. Well, that's how he learns. And and if the parent never said that, nobody would have known. And or you figure out ways. Sometimes it's like you said, the parents get offended by their parenting. It don't got nothing to do with your parenting skills. It could be like, hey, in class, this is what we do. So can you try this at home and see if it works? Or I'll be like, hey, when they do their homework at home, how do you all do the homework? Because I need some help in here because. I got all these students and then your child ain't doing their work and they playing and having fun. I want to figure out how can we get all on the same page and that that's a successful team. That's a team with the same mindset. The goal is for the child to be successful. Hey, you might not like me. You might not like the email I sent. I might not like the way you came at me, but the goal is for your child to be successful. Mm-hmm. And some parents forget that that's the goal. They, like mm-hmm. you said, the school, I would say, 80% of people at school, maybe it might be a little less, but somewhere in there care about your kid, like to to actually want to help you. And it sometimes might not be that child's teacher. It might be just, you know, somebody in the hallway that see them and take a liking to them. And you don't take offense to someone showing you that they care for your child because, like you said, a mentor or a coach, that person could be a mentor or a coach to that child and change their whole day, dynamics, especially being a male teacher. Like right. just being a male teacher in the school, it helped with the, I put on that dad, hey, what y'all doing over there? And they, Mr. <laughs> Eric coming and they understand or they see me behind them, they they plan, they say, oh, let me not do that. And it's just, under and the parents getting to the point where, hey, if he, if he act up, get him. For me or she act up let me know here go my number and um for educators uh use google voice if you don't want the parents to know your number <laughs> don't because yeah, some parents be a little crazy and be texting don't Ooh, text yes, me. leave your voicemails and everything don't do that with me i'm not gonna answer so um throughout your throughout this journey of being in the school system uh, you know, getting the opportunity to show the school system what you got. Now you're running your own thing. What were a few challenge, personal challenges that made you be like, no, nah, skip this. I ain't even about to do this. I'm going to just stick at the school. I'm going to stay here. I got the job. I got the sat. you know, everything good here. Uh, I can I can just help with my school. What were some of those challenges that almost made you be like, ah, oh, yeah, uh, honey, I'm, I'm going to just stay at the school. Ooh, and let me tell you, I, I'm still going through them right now because, like I said, I'm still, you know, building my business, building my clientele. So, I mean, it has not been an easy walk in the park. Um, you know, one is just finding 
the clientele. Like I know that the services that I'm providing, like everybody needs a social emotional team. However, again, like I said, I feel like schools are kind of years behind when it comes to some of this work. So when I talk to principals, sometimes sometimes they don't have that SEO language quite yet because that's not what they were trained in when they were in their you know education programs. That was kind of like the afterthought. So when I'm trying to like talk to them and be like, yeah, so you need a social emotional team and this is how you can organize your support staff. They just kind of like, oh, okay, like, cool. Like, let me see it first. Like, I need to be able to see it first in order to see the need at my school or my building. So really I'm targeting support staff, um, directors and leaders. But even then, these people are hard to find. I mean, typically they might be older or like most educators, they're trying not to be found on social media. So, I mean, it's not like you could search their name and like something pops up. So I might just have a website with a picture and a name and that's all I got. I don't have an email. I don't have a phone number to contact people. So it's just like scouring the internet, <laughs> trying to find, you know, my target client. And so that has been one of the craziest challenges to me. So one of my main things is I have to make sure that I'm bringing awareness about my business and posting about my business. That way, you know, a friend could tell a friend. <laughs> but that man, I'm telling you, I'll be like, um, I got the stuff in the, uh, the the basement, honey. Like I got my school council stuff. Maybe I just need to go ahead and dust it off. But like I said, I'm really committed to to helping these schools and um, providing this these services. So I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I, I, I love that because it definitely uh, being a speaker and then you have to do the research and look up the schools and then you might go to the district and it's 50 schools, but you got to find the high school. Then you got to click on the high school, find the assistant principals and the school. school and it's like, you be like, man, listen, I don't know. But it, it takes a hundred no's to get that one yes. And so it's like, you can't give up. I think, and I, and I see it, you, you found your passion, you understand what your purpose is. And it's like, okay, I'm a, I'm a roll with these punches because you got to start somewhere. You guys, I seen, um, um, my guy, Will, he may say, you got to start ugly. Like you got to just get, just, just go. Yeah. Especially when you're doing it by yourself and, then you got coaching or they telling you, hey, you need to do this. You don't do X, Y, Z. That could push you back a year or two. It could push you back maybe, you know, a minute because you you didn't do those little things. And it's the tedious things that it's the tedious things for me. Like, I can't wait to get an assistant and do all that scheduling. and all. I just want to be able to hit record. And where, if okay, I'm speaking or doing it. the that's podcast, that's it. that's it. Let me know what the topic is. And I, I'm there. I'm I'm. I'm there. Like, I don't like doing all the other stuff, but when you're, when your purpose is bigger than what you got going on, you understand like, all right, who cool, I'm tired of, but I still got to do it. Yeah. And, and I love that um, you didn't give up because there's people that's going to need what you, you provide just from me talking to you before listening to you today. I definitely know there's people out there. So as a friend, I'm going to reach out to those that are my friends in schools and stuff for you. And anybody listening that's in the education field, uh, you know your school needs some social and emotional learning. She's the one to holler at. And we're going to make sure that uh, I, I know some people. I, I was thinking, I almost forgot that we was recording and was about to start talking about some stuff. I was like, oh, wait, I got to wait till we done. I got to wait till we done to tell her this stuff. Um but so you just how, how long have you been? I got just answer that part and I got a question to go with that. How long have you been doing the consulting? Well, I've actually had like my LLC and that's where I feel like I launched, which was last July, actually. So this will be a year coming up. But like I said, I was still working full time at the beginning of the school year as a counselor. So I've only been doing this in my business for about four months. So that's why I'm like, I have to give myself the 
the the grace to be like, you know what? You just started. You're still reaching out to people. I'm still getting to know people locally, going out to places and booking conferences and things like that. So I have to give myself grace because people have to know about my business and know about myself before they're willing to, you know, do business with me. Understand. So you're a year in. We're gonna say you're at the year mark. We're gonna round it off. Um, where do you see yourself in the next three years, like with this? I believe in three years, I think I will still be providing PD and coaching, but I think that will be on the side. I think that I will probably find a position as a director um, of either social emotional learning or something related um, for a school district. And that way it's, I have a set amount of people that I'm working with in order to, to help grow and to help develop. Um, because that's, like I said, that's what it's all about is if I grow somebody else and I help develop them, they're going to take that, they're going to grow somebody else and develop somebody else as well too. You know, I don't think I'll have to do the whole searching the the internet and scouring the earth for clients, you know, (laughs) in three years from now, but I'd like to be more settled in, Hey, these are my, my net of people that I'm working with. And we're going, we're going to move like that. We're going to grow and develop these people so that they can grow and develop others. I love it. I love it. Cause you, you basically like, all right, I didn't done this for some years. I know what I need to do. This is what we need to do. Now you're building a team and then the team builds and I, I love it. I, I love the idea of you, you know, being a director. Cause sometimes I think when we do the, I sometimes I, and I'm not against working a nine to five cause I've had to, but sometimes you got to step outside and step back in to figure out what position is impactful, especially in the uh, education field, because who knows where schools is going in the next few years. Cause it might go virtual for, you know, I, I was talking to a lady yesterday and she um, tutors through virtually and she was like, there's a school in New York that's all virtual. And I was like, that's that's a good thing. But then you don't have sports. You don't have that social part of it. So, you know, it's going to be a lot different just with COVID hitting and then the technology that we have is going to change things for, for kids. So um, before we get to how people can reach out to you, what are hmm, – because you gave a couple tips earlier. I'm trying to think. <laughs> so what are three tips for people, adults, not it don't matter who the adults are, that either the parent, the administrator, teachers, um, what are some things that they can do to implement in how they um, interact with children? Mm. with the social and emotional so three tips for adults and how to um interact with students in a emotional way um one is getting to know the student um you know how many educators will walk up to a student and not know their name you know (laughs) if you've ever been that student where you've been called either you you're called somebody else's name and that's not your name or people don't address you like Get to know your students um, because that's going to start connections with them and just asking them things about themselves. You know, it doesn't have to be something formal. It could be, you know, something as silly as what's your favorite ice cream flavor? But a lot of times kids aren't, they aren't asked about themselves. They're asked to do stuff or they're told to do stuff, but they're not asked about themselves. A lot. Not until they get to high school and people are asking, well, what do you want to do when you get older? You know, that at that point, it's like, well, dang, do I even know myself? Like nobody's really asked me about myself. So, you know, ask kids questions, get to know them, because, I mean, they're basically miniature adults. They're just trying to figure things out. So, I mean, build those connections with them and really get to know them. Yeah, that that is so important. Um, because for me, like with my class, um, one thing I've seen another teacher do it. And when all the kids come in, you, 
uh, be like, oh, Monique's here today, here, here today, hurrah. And then I'd be like, so how are you feeling today? What do you want to learn today? And I always ask them, what do you have for dinner? Most kids, I don't remember, or they say what the other kid did, but it, it they get so happy and just, oh, you know, we get to talk about it. And then when they get to ask me that and just, and me just asking, oh, y'all do fireworks? Do you help your mommy cook? You know, stuff like that just to get to know the kids. And like you said, you ask you ask little sneaky questions, see what their favorite candy, what their little thing is, because when they, you know, do something right, hey, here you go. Ah, how did you? And they they like, okay, that's why I mess with him. So, yeah, get to know, get ask them questions. And um, don't be afraid. I, I'm going to just add this one. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable or transparent with children, no matter what age it is. Like, because kids want to see a real person. Right. They don't want to think that, oh, this person does nothing wrong, or then it could be where you've just, oh, been this superhero, and you're human, and you make a human mistake, and to this kid, it's like, oh, my God, why did you do that? What? And it's you just have to be real with kids. You got to keep it a buck with kids, because they keep, listen, kids will keep, buck, they will keep it a buck with you. Listen, I got a kid. They be trying to roast every, I be like, Y'all don't even understand. I can't roast y'all. Y'all a baby. Like, they really be. Anyways. So, um, yeah. Make sure you get to know your students. And parents, get to know your kids. Yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget. Yeah. Get to know who your kids are. Because just because you got three kids, each one of them different. Exactly. So, um, I need an underdog quote. It don't matter if it's your quote, somebody else quote, whatever the case, we need a quote. Yeah. I get it'd be so funny because I get people that are aren't speakers or coaches when I ask them I'm like what a quote what are you talking about here? <laughs> no, I found one today actually, so I'm glad. Like, hey, you ain't supposed to. I ain't supposed. You ain't supposed to let people know that I pre-asked you. Oh my goodness, you messing up. You're giving out. No, no, no. You just asked me, but it literally popped oh, up today, oh, and no, I no. saved it on my phone because I was like, I need to repeat this to myself. But okay. Okay. Is, I am too positive to be doubtful, too optimistic to be fearful, and way too determined to be defeated. They didn't say who said it, but I I love that. Yeah, um, can you send that to me? Because I ain't write down the I do I make sure I post everybody's quote, whatever they say. And yeah, I ain't write that down. You said it a little quick, so just go ahead and send that to me, so I ain't gotta pick go back in the editing part. <laughs> um. So how can people reach you um, on social media or the internet? However, how can they reach you? Okay. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm on Instagram. Uh, that's under young mind creations underscore LLC. But then also I do YouTube content where I'm kind of giving tips to social emotional leaders and other so, uh, student support staff that's under young mind creations. If you search me on Twitter and all that, I'm in those spaces too. So, you know, it's just like whatever your preference is. But if you want the specific content, head on over to YouTube. And I'm starting this thing with Twitter spaces. So like I said, check that out. See how that is. I have some recorded ones. So you can go on there and see that. Yeah, your YouTube. I def, I'm glad you reminded me about YouTube because I was checking it out. And I definitely got a question uh, of how you did something. And I was like, okay, let me, I'm going to ask, uh, but I'm going to wait to ask that. So Young Mind Creation, LLC, that's basically everywhere. That's where mm -hmm. you're going to find her. But go to YouTube because her page is definitely informational, especially if you're an educator or administrator and you want to learn about what she does. That's definitely the place to go. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you. This was a good conversation. So mm -hmm. I have to tell the people, she used to be a Jones. And that's why the connection is good. All, all the people I do the podcast with, I'm, I'm on there. It's just the Jones thing. I don't think other people understand it. It's not something that, you know, you got to keep up with us. Anyways, yeah. So I appreciate you being on here. Thank you for all the information um, that you gave. I didn't want to go super into it and how you giving out all your stuff, but it was a great conversation. And, um, I love your journey and I, I hope everything goes as planned um, with what you're doing. Cause I know when you go through stuff, you know, life will punch you and hit you with a two piece and a biscuit and you like, all right, I wasn't even ready for that. 
So everything that you do is going to be, um, it's going to get done because you have a purpose behind what you're doing. You're not just doing it to say you're a cool uh, consultant. You're actually doing it so that it can help the students. So kudos to you. I always try to give my guests um, their flowers while they're um, on here. And you can reach me at uh, Underdog Talk Podcast on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we definitely will be on YouTube. The first YouTube virtual episode will be next week on the 13th. Wait, I can't say that because no, nobody know they're not listening. It's not live. Uh, anyways, y'all scratch that because I'm not even gonna edit that out because I don't know. Yeah, I'm not even gonna edit that part out. But uh, yes, you can catch it on YouTube under Underdog um, with a Heroic Heart as the page, and you'll see this episode. You'll see other episodes. Um, the email is underdog talk podcast. If you want to tell me I'm doing a great job, if I'm could do something better, if you want to be a guest, if you want to get in contact with a guest that's been on, uh, that's how you can do that. And do you have any closing words before we get out of here? You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. And on that note, peace, one love. <laughs> I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family.